good morning. Welcome to the Barnes Sunday Morning Services. I am Jesse Lee Peterson, exploring the faith hour. Thank you so much for being with me. I do appreciate it. Uh, you can get involved by calling the number there on the screen or emailing us uh, or hashtag Jesse and all that good stuff. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Hi, y'all. Uh, before we get into the discussion, I, I want to tell you about the situation in Utah. I don't know if you heard about it. Uh, we talked about it on the radio show. Utah has a law that uh, if a woman is pregnant, your girlfriend get pregnant or your wife in another state, that they can go to Utah. And, and let's say she's pregnant and she get mad at the husband or boyfriend or the live-in. She get mad at him about something and she's pregnant with his baby. She can go to Utah and have the baby and put the baby up for adoption and tell the boyfriend the baby died or, or not even tell him about it at all. And there are, there are at least 30 cases going on right now in Utah where men from around the country have discovered that their girlfriend had the baby and put it up for adoption. There's one military man that we had on the show. He has a four-year-old daughter. I believe she's four now. And the mother got mad. They live in Philadelphia. The mother got mad at him and said, well, they had this fight. And she just left town, and he couldn't find her for a while. And when she came back, the baby was gone. And she lied and said that the baby was dead, that it died and it was a boy, right? And come to find out later that she went to Utah and had the baby, put it up for adoption, and it was a girl. It wasn't even a boy. And the, and the man wanted his, his child. He wanted his child, so he's fighting to get her, get her back right now from his family this has, uh, that adopted her four years ago. So it's, it's going to be a trauma to the daughter because it looks like he's going to win and get his daughter, get his daughter. And so the whole thing is just a, a mess, messy situation. The, thing, the problem I have with it is that this attack on men and the way they treat men and see men, it just seems to be getting worse and worse and worse. And according to the lawyer and the man, the father, the woman went to court and lied. She lied in court. They know that she lied. And still she's not in jail or being punished for it at all. She lied on the oath and all, you know. And we have dealt with stories like this over the years. And so I want people to know that this is a spiritual battle. This is not good that this is happening like this. And men and women of God should be very concerned about it because it's only bringing destruction down upon the country and we are all going to suffer for it if we don't start dealing with this attack on men. It is really it's just one bad thing after another. And uh, it doesn't seem to be understood by the nation how bad this is, that this is not a good thing. And it's just no real mercy out there for men at all. And the average man is afraid, too. He's afraid to talk about it. He's afraid to deal with it for fear of retaliation from his job, or he may be uh, called names. You know, you hate women. And this fear is just gripping the average man. And this all needs to change. It's only going to get worse rather than getting better if we don't start dealing with it with courage. This shouldn't be happening to women if men were doing it, and it should not be happening to, to men. We need to bring families together 
and not create laws that keep them apart even more so. So just a little FYI. Anybody heard about this story? <laughs> you heard on the radio, yeah. Yeah, but it's bad, folks, and it's getting worse. When you heard about this, uh, what did you think about it? Um, I thought it was uh, I thought it was terrible. Um, I think that uh, the 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 reason they're saying it's happening is that a lot of uh, the more and I don't know if this is true or not. A lot of the Mormons want to encourage people to marry, and they use that as a means of a deterrent. Meaning, in other words, if you don't marry, you don't have a right to have any say on your kid. You know, uh, Utah being a, a predominantly Mormon. Uh, yeah, I was surprised that it was like that in Utah right. because Mormons believe in family right. and this is just helping to divide families. Now, I have a, another thought about it. I think that if men were to get themselves together and not make babies out of wedlock and all that kind of stuff, then we wouldn't have to go through this. You know, I mean, that should be the lesson in it too. Uh, I think you have a better chance of getting your child if you're married. And even that's difficult in today's society. But at least you have a better chance than it is making babies out of wedlock. So you kind of get what we deserve as well. What did you think about it, Mary, when you heard it? Well, I just thought it was a shame because that's what happens now. Yeah. Um, yes, more and more. I, I, I mean, you can say the men are not marrying, but then it's the women who are accepting it. So if they accept it, then they should want to go ahead and share their child. I don't, you know, I was thinking about this the other day. I don't understand. Well, I do understand, but I'm just pretending like I don't understand. I don't understand the soul of a woman, how she lived with herself to take this child that's within her and treat it in such a manner, just give it away or just abort it or go to an extreme to keep it from his father. I, I don't know how they live with themselves. Look like that. If this baby came out of me, look like that would just wipe me out to do that to my own child just because I'm mad at the man or whatever, you know. But it's happening so much, it doesn't seem like they feel anything about it. And that's what's mind-blowing to me, too. How do you just take a child that came from you and make it suffer because you're mad as an adult. Selfish. Selfishness. But that look like that's gone beyond selfishness. You have to not have feeling for it or something. Well, you don't. You detach. You only feel for you. You don't care about anything else. If it doesn't work for you, then it's... <laughs> that's a mind-blowing thing to me. It's you know that's evil. What did you say about it? Right here. Yeah. I was just going to say to me, it's just the height of selfishness. I mean, same with the man, too. It's being selfish, not committing to a relationship. I want to have, you know, children out of It's all about marriage. self, huh? Mm-hmm. But how do you carry a child within your body for nine months and then just punish the child once it comes to life? Because you got to know that, yes, I'm mad at the father or whatever, but my child doesn't deserve this. It has nothing to do with anything. At least let it have a chance in life. Even if I don't like the man, I'm not going to talk to him. I'm not going to hang out with him. But I'm going to give my child the freedom to be with both of us. No, I, I mean, I agree with you completely. If you're, you know, as a mother too, 
it always um, just the act of you know carrying a child. I think there's a reason why it takes the nine nine and a yeah. half months because it helps you you know make I don't know the relationship you have with the, the child that's growing inside you. It just it's so intense that I just can't comprehend how women Me can either. just you know it's dispose of it. It has to be just pure evil has taken over that person. Even a father who can be with their children and refuse to be with them is evil too, I think. Because I don't know how you can have a human being that you created and then not have any feeling for it that you'll just go out of your way to be with your child, even for a father. And I know a lot of fathers want to be with their children. They just can't nowadays, but... There are fathers who don't want to be with their kids. And I don't know, because we, I don't know how that is. When you see your kid, you're looking at you. You know, it's like a little you, little mini you being recreated. And look like you would want that mini you to have the best chance in life as possible, the father and the mother. Because now you're older, you've learned the ups and downs about life. You know how, what kind of, some people know what works and what doesn't. And the thing that does work is when you have a father and mother watching over you and taking care of you and making sure things are well for you. That does work when done properly. So I just don't, human nature is all messed up. Uh, yes, sir. Uh, wait for the mic there. Uh, for whatever reason, the first thing <sighs> came to my mind when I just heard about the law, could it be that uh, they're doing this to discourage abortion? Sort of like, uh, daddy doesn't have to know whatever. Just don't kill it. Bring it here. We'll keep it safe. We'll leave it. No. Uh, for, for whatever. Because in some cases, according to the report I got from the lawyer, they're telling the women to lie. You could just tell them that the baby died. You can just tell them whatever, right? They're encouraging the women to lie to the father who are trying to get their children. So, no, it's more than just abortion, trying to prevent abortion. Yes, sir. Yeah, I just wanted to bring up the scripture in the Bible where it says, "You, when Jesus was directed at the people, he said, you being evil know that when your child's hungry, you don't give them a rock yeah. or give them a snake instead of bread. Um, it just seems to me that when you're a Christian and you um, consciously reject the uh, you know, what the truth after you've been exposed to it, th those are like the most evil people in the world. Speaking no, of my own mind. Yeah, it's mind-blowing. <laughs> it's so, mind-blowing. So yeah. I uh, remember growing up, and there were times when my grandmother would not be sure that we would have enough food to eat for everybody, and she would make sure all of us had something on our plate before she would even eat. I totally remember that. And that's not like that today. Parents are not making sure that the kids are happy, you know, are taken care of first. And not all parents, of course. It, it seems to be about me, about me. We're, you know, It's just about me. And, and the love of the kids are not there the way they should be. That's sacrifice. Even with the public school, there's no way I would send my child to a public school today. The stuff that they are teaching up in those schools today, I wouldn't, even, I wouldn't take that risk. I would do without. I have no car or one car. I would live in a little hut just to make sure this innocent hu human being who is just empty and taking in whatever and put into them.
to make sure they get the best information put in rather than sacrificing them like that so I can have a big house of two cars and uh, all that kind of crap. I don't know. My grandmother used to take us to the cotton field with her, and we had to walk down the road with her sometimes, and she didn't have anybody to watch over us. That's how serious. And they didn't have all this stuff going on. It was just the love of the kids. Yes, sir. Now, as a man, how do you not become bitter if you've been through a situation like this? Because I'm not from Utah. I'm from Illinois. Yes. And I have children where the mother of my children told me the only thing she wanted from me was a check. Yeah. She didn't want me to be a man. And I'm a disabled veteran where they would have college education took care of, health care. And the plan was just to ruin me to the point where I couldn't have a say. So this I'm, your this this a wife or a girlfriend? No, this was just a girlfriend. And I understand that I didn't marry, but how can I marry when she would do things like break into my apartment? She would tear up my car. She would call the law and say that I did things to her. Yeah. And when she was diagnosed with borderline personality disorder, they gave me custody <laughs> of the kids, and I didn't get along with her mom or her dad. So yeah. I left and went to another state. And when I finally returned home, when it was time for the kids to go to school. She made up another lie. They end up taking the kids from both of us. The kids have been wards of states for five years. Wow. How many? And, and it's three of them, and I haven't seen them for five years. And I just decided to move to California after everything went wrong because yes. she kept coming around me, and I found out there was an order of protection where I can't even visit my kids' school to see if they have a play. I can't go to a spelling bee. So I don't even know how to tell this story to the next woman or even mention it to anybody because people know I have children, but they know I'm not there. But they know I can provide. So how do you not be a bitter person? Good question. Excellent question. And you had three kids by the same woman? Yes, sir. And you weren't married to her? No, sir. What were you every thinking? Time, every, every, time it, every time the marriage situation came about and we decided we were going to get married, her mom talked her out of it. Oh. It was always about her family. It was never about us as a couple. It was always about what her mom got out of a situation. Her yeah. mom said, if I married her, I married the whole family. Oh, and the yeah. mom and the dad situation, <laughs> after 20 years, they were divorcing and they were losing their house. They were going through bankruptcy. Yeah. The one thing I do want to warn all men of, all of you, when you decide to get married, move your wife as far away from mama as possible. <laughs> move her Move her from the east to the west, from the north to the south. Move her away from her family because you are now family. The mama and the dad are no longer family. And anytime they want to stick around mama, you're going to catch hell. 99.9% of the time. I now understand, in not all cases, and I don't want to make the good old days look like there were no sin. All right. There was sin. People were not doing everything right. There was some bad going on. That's why we we're suffering, too. All right. Am I clear with that? But I remember, except for uh, an emergency situation, I remember, and this is true, when the folks got married in Alabama, they hurry up and went up north. They took the wife further away from mama as possible. They did not, even if mama had to hold the kids there for a minute, so they could get up north and, you know, settle down, make a place, and then they come back and pick up the kids. But don't let your wife stay around your mama, around her mother. And you don't stay around yours either, because they will meddle in your relationship. And daughters are not 
strong enough to deal with their mothers in the right way. The mothers has a control over them in many cases, and they don't know how to deal with her in the right way, and that'll mess up your relationship. It'll destroy your marriage because she's trying to satisfy mama and she's trying to satisfy her husband too, and it doesn't work. You, the man and the wife, the husband and wife, owe a relationship to one another, not to in-laws, not to daddy and mama, not to the cousins, not to the grandparents, but to one another. That's the only way it's going to work. Come mama and, and sometimes daddy, they want to control their children, even when they're adults. And so when you get into a little fight with each other, you run and tell mama, I knew that person wasn't no good. I told you not to marry her or him. And then you start listening to that, you become angry, and your relationship is over. Because a man cannot deal with you and mama. So move your wife away. (laughs) And if you can't afford to move her away, don't get married until you can move her away. Because it's just going to be hell. Don't stay around mama. Um, I told you guys a story last week about a guy I met in the barbershop. Uh, and I'll make it real fast. A Hispanic guy just happened to walk in the barbershop. I'm sitting there. We started talking. And um, we were talking about the imagination thoughts. And I asked him, well, what is the number one enemy of mankind? And he said, the devil or something like that. I said, yeah, but how does the devil work with us? And he didn't know it. I told him about the imagination. And I said, there's no such thing as a true thought. So don't ever listen to your imagination at all. It never tells you the truth about anything. And he said, oh, yes, it does. Yes, it does. I said, okay, give me an example. And he, uh, he said that I lived in Vegas. My wife and I lived in Las Vegas. And I was making, I think he said between $25 to $30 an hour on his job. And they were doing very, very well. And he said, but his wife was unhappy because she wasn't living near her mother. She wanted to move near her family, back down to L.A. And she kept going on and on about it. So he finally, he thought about it and thought about it and thought about it. And he finally moved back to L.A. And now he's making $15 an hour. He said, but my wife is happy now. She's, she's near her mother. She got a better car, but she's near her mother. She's happy. I said, oh, yeah, so you think that's a good thought, right, that you have? He's like, yeah. I said, but you are not happy. Now you can't provide for your family. You're struggling. Your wife is still not happy. She's upset about other things. I've never met these folks. And they got like, oh, yeah, that's right. (laughs) He's like, I'm not happy (laughs) because he is struggling now. We're up there. He didn't have to struggle to take care of his family. They had everything they needed. But now it was a bad decision. He didn't realize it. And uh, so he said to me, by the time the conversation was over, he said, wow, I don't know how I'm going to ever talk to my wife in the same way now. I'm not going to see things in the same way. What should I do, you know? But that's what happens. you got to start seeing things in the right way. Go away from your family and let them come visit once in a while. And do not let them stay more than five days. <laughs> and if they start messing up, within that five days, make them leave. You got to protect your family. You really do. 
And as far as your situation with the kids, I went through that with my son when I was 19, 18, 19, and I tried to get him, and it just went, it was a hardship for me. Uh, but I finally realized that what I had done was wrong. I finally realized that I should not have made a baby out of wedlock. And as a result, this is what I'm getting back. Yes, it's wrong for them to keep him away from me, but I was wrong for making a baby out of wedlock. And when you can accept that, it's like you let go, and then God will do the rest. Now you have to pray and just wait upon God to take care of it. And, and out of nowhere, things will happen. If you have money and you can find a good lawyer to get your kids, I would be fighting in that way. But if you don't, you just have to let go. Hold on one minute, Simone. The problem with that is I had custody before this last situation happened, before they made them wards of the state. Yeah. And basically they gave me like two hours of McDonald's visitation. And the lawyer told me after paying three retainers of $1,500, I had a lawyer tell me to marry her. But I was like, if we've been through all this, what is marriage going to do? Because it's not going to make it better. I understand I'll have to pay my child support because I had kids. Right. But if I marry her, I don't get along with her. Then she gets 50%, and then she's really going to drag me through the mud. Yeah. So I was, like you said, I'm trying to become a better person and understand and tell my story. But I still have people that tell me that I was in the wrong. And I'm like, well, I made mistakes, but she made mistakes as well. Exactly. Exactly. Well, don't hold it against her. And I know it's hard, especially not being with your kids. And knowing that your kids is taken over by the government and all that. But you got to forgive her, let it go, and God will do the rest. And just don't repeat the same thing over again. But I know it's hard. I understand. And I don't think society understands what fathers feel when they can't be with their children. It is one of the most painful experiences that you can have in life. Not to be. That's why I don't understand how mothers just do this stuff with their children. Because the fathers feel that pain, so they look like they would feel it greater than what the father feels. Because they're the one that carried the baby. You know what I'm saying? But we have a, a, a evil, evil society today. An evil, evil society. And somehow or another, we got to start fighting back. I wrote an article that's on wordnetdaily.com. And it's, uh, what is it called, Hermes? Spineless Christians and the War on Values. Oh, yeah. Christians and the War on Values. I've never seen a society where Christians are so spineless. We have some of the scariest Christians that has ever been on earth, I think. They're literally afraid. How are you going to be a child of God and have fear like that? I don't want to lose my job. Uh, I don't want them to think bad things about me. They think bad things about you anyway. That's why they're attacking you. Christians are not loved in the country anymore. I don't want to do this. And, I, and they don't show up to help one another. And if a Christian is trying to take a stand on something, the enemy, the children of Satan, show up and they protest and they rally. They call them names. They attack them. But we as Christians, the only thing we do is talk about it. Oh, look how she's being attacked. She's trying to do the right thing. Look at those evil people. But we don't show up and bring light into the world or into the situation. We just talk about it. We call in on a radio show and talk about it. But we don't get out there and fight. And that's the darndest thing I've ever seen in my whole life. When I was a coward, I would go and protest. 
I remember when Martin Luther King first started his little thing. Well, not little thing, but his protesting. We used to go protest in little cities around where I live. And I didn't really understand what was going on. It just sounded good. But at least we, go and, we went out and sat out and protest because we knew <laughs> we need to do something. But Christians don't even fight anymore. You can't say this. You can't say that. What in the world is going on? You guys, the Christians make God look weak. Because we are an example of him. We're suppo- he's supposed to be working through us. But we make God look weak. We'll fight each other before we fight the enemy. Isn't that amazing? Yes, Jesse, that is mighty amazing. It's, it's the darnest thing i ever seen. We would turn on each other before we turn on the enemy. If you stand up, if, if you doubt me, go challenge it. Go out there and start dealing with the enemy, speaking your mind and showing up and protesting. The Christians will start talking about you first. Who she thinks she is or he is out there speaking the truth like that. You're supposed to not do that. Yes, sir. Um, the previous church I was at, was at is <clears throat> most churches today are, are teaching that you shouldn't be political, you shouldn't go out. They're teaching that will change their hearts, but that's not really working because... It's not going to work. Yeah, what, I te- what I've even told the pastor was, you got everybody there striving for Jesus, but they're all working for Satan. Yeah. Because they're all just, they're all voting D whenever they go to the polls, and, and they don't want to protest any of the stuff. They just want to hide and do their little community things, and they don't want to uh, address... Um, the politics they of don't the want to deal with the devil they just want to feed the hunger they'll show up to feed the poor and feel good about that but going out there on the battlefield and dealing with the enemy uh uh-uh. uh they just feel good anybody that's sitting up in the church and your preacher don't want to deal with politics is a fool and you're a fool for being there you really are that is insane we have to deal with evil in every corner. And the politicians today are evil. They need to be dealt with. They work for us. We don't work for them. And if they're not doing what we pay them to do, we need to get rid of them. And so don't listen to those stupid preachers. Why y'all looking at me like this? Does that make sense? Who, 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 anybody in here, and don't be afraid, not going to hurt you. Anybody here feel that Christians shouldn't deal with politics? That they should not? <laughs> he said, uh-uh. All right. Did you have a question? A couple things to say, yeah. Okay. Um, one is, you, you know, you make me realize why God commanded Abraham to move away from his relative. Yes. This probably was to get away from the mother-in-law. It's to get away from the entire family, not just the mother, the father and the mother. Most of the time, the fathers don't tend to, exception to the rule, but they don't tend to get all involved and make it a messy situation. You know, but we're supposed to go off and have our own family. I told that guy, her family is not her family anymore. You are her family. You know, you guys are family. Go off and create your own family. The Armenians, 
Oh, do we have any Armenians here today? Oh, Lord. <laughs> the Armenians got that bad. They'll get married and move mama and daddy and daddy and children, everybody else in their house. And it's just chaos. And they say, oh, it's tradition. That's not good. Isn't that right? Do, <laughs> is that true or not? It should be just husband and your family, right? Like your kid and your husband. Yep. Yeah. But why don't you guys break that tradition? You're in America now. Some people do. Yeah. I mean, most of them do. They're starting to get rid of yeah. that. Yeah. You got to. That doesn't make sense. And when they move, when the parents move in, they ain't never moving out. <laughs> <laughs> and if you try to throw them out, they make you feel guilty. I'm your daddy. <laughs> I've done all this for you. And now you're going to kick me out? Yes, I got to have a life. Right here. I got to have a life. Yes, sir. About speaking about Christians not being involved with politics. Yes. I think a lot of Christians, uh, they have that uh, problem of thinking of that this is the devil's world. He has taken over. We're just going to do well when we die. And then after this life, we get to heaven. So they give up fighting here, thinking this is devil's world anyways. Instead of thinking, crazy? like, if this is wrong, we should, like, stand up against it. They would rather give up this life, sacrifice this life, so they can do better after they die. <laughs> and then when they, when they die and they get to that white pearly gate, and they go through the tunnel, and they walk through the light, they get to the gate, and they ring the bell <laughs> to want to come in. And then the angel come down and have a book and just show you your life. And you did nothing but wait. It didn't work. Then all the opportunity came to be the light. And then they're going to say, well, why do you do something? Well, I thought politics shouldn't go with Christianity. And, and, and the angel going to say, nah, 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 nah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, somebody made a fool of you. You got to go back the other way. Uh, there's power in, in, in God. And, and yes, we're fighting the enemy of this earth, but we have authority over the enemy of this earth. And we have to express that authority by being a living example with words so that those who don't know that can see that. And they'll come to you, hey, what's going on? How did you get so much courage? What, how can I know? And then you point them back to God. But if you're hiding away, how are you going to point the light to someone? You're scared, too. You believe in a God that created all things, and here you are acting like a little coward. They passed, uh, the voters in Michigan passed a bill that says marriage is between one man, one woman, not the two guys and not the two women. And a judge have overturned that recently. Just overturned it. And nobody protesting in the streets. There are no nothing. Just doing it. And I bet you if you went to Michigan, everybody and their mama would say that they believe in God. In the Armenian community, the men stay with their parents until they're 90 years old. Isn't that right? Here's another Armenian. I just need a witness. <laughs> Isn't that right? Yes. They stay with father and mother even after they're 50 years old. Yes, uh, marriage 
probably is the. I can't hear you. In most cases, in most cases they move out through marriage. They don't move out until they get married. Correct. The men. Right. And if they don't get married, they end up staying with parents. Most likely. Wow. Can you imagine being a man and stuck with daddy and mama all your life? That is depressing. I would go on drugs. <laughs> I would be fighting to legalize pot. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I could get high every night to deal with this one. When I was growing up, and not everybody was perfect, and I mentioned this before, I was taught, boy, you're out of here by the time you're 18. You're out of here. Where am I going? I don't know, and I don't care. You're just getting out of here. And at 18, I was out. At 18, I left home because it was ingrained in me that I had to leave at the age of 18. Now, they probably put in jail today if they did that. How soon after you blew up the candles? How soon after what? After you blew up the candles on your 18th birthday. My birthday was in May, and in July, I was gone. <laughs> I went up to Indiana, and I did not like Indiana because Indiana was too cold. So I said, I'm just going to work for two weeks to get me a paycheck so I can go to California. I worked exactly two weeks. Got a paycheck, and I resigned and went to California at 18. It was $50 to fly one way. And so that's how we were taught. It got to all change. We need to do something here. Don't be so wimpy. Yes, sir. <laughs> Excuse me. About that law you mentioned, uh, mentioned, uh, you said, uh, mentioned they have in Utah, when I've heard about, uh, about it, I would, I was uh, it kind of scared, uh, scared the hate devil uh, out of me because it sounds like people are taking the back door out of responsibility. Well, but, if it scared the devil out of you, that's good. Because mm-hmm. we want to get the devil out of you. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. <laughs> it seems like people don't want uh, want to face their own responsibility. Don't want to uh, fight. Uh, don't want to find, uh, find in the, the strength in themselves to rise above situations. Yeah, we have a cowardly society today. It just, it's too bad. But we're going to keep working until we can change it. All right? Yes, sir? Uh, you were talking to the young man, and you made a point earlier about it would be better. You know, it's, it's bad what happens to men with their kids, and nobody questions that. Well, at least we don't here. But there is a problem, as you mentioned, regarding... Uh, not getting married with kids. And I think, it, you know, in his case, I can understand because he didn't necessarily want to get married. That wouldn't have necessarily helped his issue. Yeah. But if we, when, when, we, when it became okay to have sex out of, out of wedlock to begin with, yeah. I, I was starting to think about that. You can trace so many social problems to that. Yes. The whole abortion movement is pretty much based on that. Yeah. The, the fact that gays, uh, homosexuals are, are having uh, marriages together it's partially because of the breakdown. There's, there's a lack of morality that happened within heterosexuals that they started having sex outside of wedlock and start breaking that order down. Yeah, we've got to come back to and order. If, if, if we, if men, as men, if we just decided we're not going to have sex out of wedlock till we're, you know, till we're married, we would change the whole society we overnight. We would change it overnight. Absolutely. 
If you want, the men have control and they don't realize it. If they want to stop this stuff with the courts and with their children, stop making babies. Don't have sex until you get married. And the women will just look crazy. Stop having sex until you get married. And then what's going to happen, you're going to marry women who are good women. They want to be married. They want a family. They're not angry because God is going to allow you to choose the right woman. And she's going to choose the right man. But the moment you have sex, it changes everything. It changes everything. Stop having sex. That's like telling you to cut your throat, right? What do you mean? Stop? Are you crazy? <laughs> we need a rehab center for that. <laughs> yes. Um, at my daughter's public school, they're, they, they're teaching the children to have sex. Yeah. The, the condoms are free. Uh, here's the abortion clinic. Uh, they're teaching this at all public schools in Los Angeles, and I'm, I'm sure nationwide, but the kids are encouraged to have sex. I know. And there's no lesson, and there's, there's lessons on homosexuality, but there is not a single lesson, not a single iota lesson on marriage. Nothing yep. on marriage. Right? Not going to be. And the beauty about that is that the public school belongs to the devil. So they are doing what they're supposed to do. We need to start doing what we are supposed to do. <laughs> They're doing their job, but we don't have to go with it. We don't have to sacrifice our children. We don't have to make children out of wedlock. We need to do our job. That's all it takes, doing our job. And so I want to encourage you, we've got to come back to courage, come back to God. I know what the problem is, the reason Christians don't have courage, some Christians, not all, uh, can you tell me what the problem is? You're a little wannabe Christian, right? A little lightweight. <laughs> Why is it that Christians don't have courage today? You're a Christian, right? Yeah. <laughs> That's how self-assurance. And why is it that Christians don't have courage today? I don't know. I can't answer that. Do you have courage? At times I do. Sometimes I don't. Sometimes I do. That's not like a song. At times when you don't have it, why don't you have courage at times? What happens? Maybe I I, I think I have fear at that point. So you go in and out of your little lightweight Christianity? Right. (laughs) And when you're out, you have fear? Yeah. Hold on, man. That's a drug call. <laughs> you go out of your Christianity and then you have fear. Yes. Oh, okay. How do you get out of it, though? I don't know. It just, you know, sometimes you just, I don't know. Let me ask this young lady in the back, way in the back. <laughs> yeah. Uh, why is that most Christians? have fear today. I guess the breakdown of the family, breakdown of values, they're not encouraged to have be strong and resilient and endure and they don't have anything to stand on. Do you have fear at times? Mm-hmm. Yes, I do. You do? And you're a little lightweight, want to be Christian? Lightweight. 
And why do you have fear at times? Um, just not, um, just in my, in my thoughts, in my thoughts and believe in my thoughts. That's why you have fear? Mm-hmm, because they let, I let I So let since you know that, why do you fall for it? I'm still not recognizing it every time. Oh, okay. Amazing. We got to have courage, folks. I want to um, talk about something real fast. We run out of time. I can't believe that went on that long, but it's a serious issue. We got to deal with what's happening. Did you want to say something? Oh, right here. Okay. Yes, sir. I was at a. Uh, Hold the mic up to you, Mo. I was at a political rally recently where I live. And there were about 100 people there. And a woman was speaking who's running for Waxman's seat. She was very erudite, very thoughtful. And I was really impressed. And in the room. Let him hold a mic for you for us. Yeah. In the room. Hold it close. <laughs> in the room were 99 Demo liberal Democrats and me. So it came time for the question and answer, answer session. And I raised my hand. And she called on me first. And I said, I'm a Reagan Republican, and there were gasps in the room. Oh, what's he? Who let him in? You know, and I took my question was when I was growing up, shame played a big role in the upbringing of of people. I didn't have very good parents, but when I did something wrong, I was shamed, and yeah. that straightened my behavior out. I said, "We have no shame." That's true. There are no politicians with shame. And, uh, and then she responded, and, and very articulately, you're a moral man, apparently. And uh, I was very impressed with her, her answer. But um, I don't care anymore. I guess I'm that old where I just, I, I talk. And the next day in the coffee shops around there, people were saying, hey, there was some guy with a cowboy hat that uh, was very erudite with his questions and answer. And he made us think, and, you know, we didn't yeah. have the same, everybody was talking the same uh, routine as the liberals do. So you got to speak up. you got to speak up. One thing I want the children of God to get away from, too, and yes, in a worldly way, you do have liberal, Democrat, Republican, and all that kind of crap, right? But I want you to start seeing things in a spiritual way. This is a spiritual battle between good and evil, because in all honesty, the uh, Republicans, not all, not all, not all, but the people, are as bad as the Democrats. The people. They don't, they don't have courage because they don't know God. They know about him. They intellectually under, heard about him. They read about him, but they don't really know about him. And many of them are turning their children away from God. I wish you could take a peep inside the uh, conservative homes. Their children are messed up. They have uh, driven them away by overdoing it with politics. You know, they're, they're more into the politics than they are into God himself. And kids grow up becoming frustrated with that kind of stuff and irritated about it. They, they know about God, but they don't know him. So if, if we can start as children of God, we can start seeing things as a spiritual issue and neither Democrat or Republican, liberal or conservative, but good versus evil, because in reality, that's what's going on. Things will start to change. 
it's very limiting to see things for us. Now, we don't ignore what is out there, but we are guided by spirituality, by the light of God. And then we know we are dealing with evil in all areas of life. We deal with it differently. We deal with it as it is, and we can overcome it. Because there are Republicans or Democrats who will turn on you quicker than they, I mean, there are Republicans who will turn on you or conservative, whatever you want to call them, in the physical, quicker than a Democrat would. You just say something that they don't like, something that hit home, is over, just like that. We are children of God, and if we see ourselves as we are, we will unite with one another and not take things so personally because we are kind of connected. We serve the same Father, and we love one another. So we got to see things in a spiritual way. You don't have to, but I recommend that. All right. Um, I want to ask this question. Yes, sir. Let me do this. Speaking of uh, seeing things in a spiritual way, this lightweight Christian would like to forward a theory. You know, I was working out the other day, and um, my body was hurting, and it was kind of bringing my spirit down. And I thought, this is, this is not the way it should be happening. My spirit should be in charge of my body and not the other way around. And then I kind of later on applied that to all my feelings. I'm like, why is it that all my feelings I justify instead of seeing that my feelings are abnormal? You know, whether it's feelings of anxiety or fear or, you know, yeah. um, uncertainty, anything like that. Like, there comes thoughts along with these feelings that justify the feeling, and then I get stuck in the feeling. And, oh, this is weird. Instead of me seeing feelings themselves are abnormal, I go ahead and justify them, and then I get locked in them. Yeah. And then it causes me to do, not to do wrong or not to do right. That's a good point. We, we had a Thursday night women's forum that we hold every third Thursday night of the month. And the one thing that came out about feelings is that feelings, emotions, are evil. Feelings are evil. They are of your father, the devil. And if you examine them closely, <laughs> nothing good comes out of feelings. And, and, and that's why feelings are promoted today. How do you feel? I felt this and I felt that. And we should just feel this for each other and feel this. You gotta just, it's all evil. It's all lies. It doesn't work. Feelings are evil. Look at the, the emotional people. They're all screwed up. The angry ones are screwed up. The ones that try to be all touchy-touchy, feely-feely are evil. They're screwed up, too, and they'll mess up your life. Feelings are not of God, and they are so promoted today. You could be firm with someone, and, and, and if anyone is watching that, they're like, oh, you're so hard on the person. Don't be that hard. You're just being firm. You're not being all emotional. It doesn't mean you don't have compassion, but they want the feelings. You got to feel it. Feelings are evil. Anybody disagree with that? You can disagree. I don't know that feelings deserve. Feelings have to be, like, I, I can see emotion, but you said it's emotion. Yeah. But I don't necessarily think that a feeling has to be related to emotion. I mean, I can see what you're saying, but I, I still think you do feel some things, you know. And they're a not feeling all, is an emotion. But I'm, not, I'm saying they're not all emotional. All the feelings are not emotional. I'm 
Like, name me one that's not emotional. I don't know. I don't even know yet. I'm trying to think it out, but I just don't see right now where emotion. I see what you're saying about emotions because you can get sappy, you can get all whatever. But actually, we have feelings. You know, we feel pain and we, we feel sorrow. We're not talking sorrow. about physical pain. We feel sorrow. We feel different things. So oh. I'm saying I think the distinction is more you're saying emotions are bad. To me, I, I make that distinction over feelings. Give me a feeling that's not bad. Right here. Say right now, Jesse, you're talking, and I feel inspired by what you're saying, right? Yes. And let's say it promoted me to do, you know, something courageous, right? right. In terms of going out and, you know, speaking. Now, if you feel if you feel inspired by what I'm telling you to do, mm-hmm. it's not going to last. But if Revelation is testifying. If the truth in you is testifying to what I'm saying as being true, that's what you want to go with. Because uh, feeling inspired is not going to last. It's going to wear down. It's going to fade away. But if that truth is testifying to it, it's going to stay with you, and it will also encourage you to do something. It will never leave you. But a lot of people, uh, I was watching uh, a movie last night. What's that movie you told me to watch? Jobs. Jobs. Steve Jobs. Right? And I don't know if you've seen the movie or not, but this guy's like fired up, right? He's like determined, outspoken, didn't take no mess, just believed in his job. His job, his talent, the way it appeared, appeared, his talent was given to him by God. And if, you know, uh, so he was like just into it, just really just did it. And it was interesting, interesting too, how things worked out for him. And so we watched this movie. And afterward, I asked, uh, there were some people watching it with me. I said, what did you think about that movie? They said, oh, I was inspired. I was just so inspired by it. And then they laughed and said, well, but I don't know what that means because I'm inspired by a lot of things. And it goes nowhere. <laughs> but so there's a difference between emotionally being inspired and revelation that encourages. It testifies that this is true because once it testifies to the truth, it becomes life for you. It guides you. It takes over. It's who you are. You know, it's working with you. So that's the difference. You can't be inspired like, oh, Jesse told the truth today. And you call up. Mama, you know, that man, no, he, you know, he's told the truth, right? And next week, you forget all about it. But you were so inspired. And that's what good speakers do. They inspire you, but it doesn't last beyond the door. Because it's an emotional thing rather than a witness to. That makes sense? And, and that's what I want us to know as children of God. There's another way to live life. And he loves us and he's with us. And he's given us another way to live. He's taking care of us. But we got to get away from the ego, intellect, feeling stuff and, and, and by recognizing that it's not good. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. One thing I liked about Steve, and I may start doing in my business, if you're not on my team and you're not with me doing what you need to be doing, you're fired. <laughs> he said something like, if you're not, what do you say? He said, look, if you're not with me on this, get the hell out of here. 
I'm like, right on, Steve. <laughs> I think I'll do that next Tuesday. Come with the camera next Tuesday. <laughs> and it made so much sense because if an employee is not with you and they're not inspired to do their thing, they're up there complaining and carrying on, they're holding you back. Either you're with this team or you're not. But you got to be tough to do something like that. Because I got a couple employees I should have gotten rid of years ago. <laughs> now I feel sorry for them. They're old and I can't get rid of them. But uh, anyway, that's a, a subject for another day. So do you see my point, Rhonda, that feel, feelings are evil? I'm sorry? Of course. That word is what we know to use. Yes. You know, I can, dif- I can differentiate between emotions and, you know, maybe feeling something that's going to be temporary. I know the difference when I'm inspired. All emotions are evil. Just know that. I don't agree. All feelings are evil. There is a revelation and a compassion that comes from God and it never fails. Whenever I have failed in life, because I became emotional about the situation, I had a feeling about it. You know, I would look at the person and feel sorry for them. My mind would say, oh, don't fry that person. They're retarded. (laughs) (laughs) They're never going to get a job anywhere else. How would you live with that? And I failed the moment I became emotional with it. But whenever I see it, for reality and don't get into the feelings about it, I do the right thing about anything. But the moment you become emotional about it, you fail 100% of the time. I really love all this feedback today. So I'm gonna have my subject for today is going to have to do it next Sunday. <laughs> if the Lord is willing and the creek don't rise. Frank, you had a question or a comment real fast. We have a minute left. just want to mention about the movie. I, I heard a little story about the man. About people, jobs. Yeah, people were afraid to, to be in uh, places around him. And there was a saying that if you walked into an elevator with a job, if you walked in with him, you'd be fired by the time you got to your floor. <laughs> he found out what you did when he found out what you did. He didn't play around. I don't want to give you the... I don't want to, but he did some stuff in that movie I wish I had the courage to do. I wish I, if I could do that, I'd be man. I would just be all man. He said also that he... he don't he tell put, the whole movie, boy. No, I'm not, but he, uh, he said also... You get those Mexicans to talk and they don't stop. That, that he believed, he just believed what he believed was right. It was the right thing. That's all You know he, what it was? He said he wasn't mean. What it was, uh, Frank, if I could add to that, we all have a gift a talent given to us from God. We really, all of us have it. He locked in on it. Some people don't lock in on their gift from God. And once you see what God has given you, you lock in on it, can't nothing stop you. Nothing, you got, you're not going to allow anybody to get in your way. You can't help it. But most people don't lock in on their talent. They don't know that they have a gift from God. So they're out there struggling, trying to create their own talents or gift. And Steve appeared to have well, not appear. He locked in on his talent. He saw what God had given him. And that's why before you get off the elevator, you're fired. <laughs> locked in on it, too. Yeah, he has some issues. Yeah, yeah he has some ego issues. 
thing, it becomes the uh, ego thing, which destroys you. Yeah. He has some ego issues, but I looked at the talent thing. I saw he has some anger issues and all that kind of stuff, too. But he never got away from his purpose in life. He Found never got life. away. And once you find your, pur- once your purpose finds you, you cannot get away from it, no matter what hell you have to go through. And you will go through a lot of stuff, but you can never get away from your purpose once you see it. It stays with you. It's apparent to you. You may go up and down with it because sometimes you tend to listen to what folks say. So you get off track a little bit, but it stays with you and it's visible. It is visible to you. Yes, sir. He found that power within that every, every person has. Well, that comes with knowing your purpose. And most people, how many people here know your talent, your purpose given to you from God? See, only two, three. And nobody can take that away from you. Have you noticed that? It stays, it stays. Even if you don't do it perfectly all the time, you still can't get away from it. No turning back. I was going to talk about the beginning of wisdom because what I realized is that most people don't have wisdom nowadays. Don't have wisdom. They lack wisdom. And the Bible talks about, David talks about it, Jesus talked about it, Isaiah talked about wisdom and what is beginning of wisdom. So next Sunday, if the Lord is willing and the creek don't rise, we're talking about, I want you to think about it. How many people here we have that, that operates by wisdom from God? Only two and three. And so next Sunday, then, you guys can tell us what is the beginning of wisdom and how do you get there? <laughs> uh-huh. So remember the three, all right? <laughs> We're out of time right now. So next Sunday, I want to know the beginning of wisdom. How did you get that? All right? That's what I wanted. Uh, that's what I had planned to talk about today, but... It went a different way, and that's fine. I like that. I'm glad you came with, with feedback. I want to encourage you to pray. Pray, 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 right? And it's not, the Bible said, be still and know God. God speaks to us in stillness. God does not speak to us in words. He does not. So if you hear God's voice in your head, that's the wrong God. He speaks to us. His voice is a quiet, according to the scriptures, his voice is a quiet, still, voiceless voice. He speaks to us in stillness. And I want to encourage you to pray so that you can come into that place where you can hear from him. You got to pray and uh, be mindful of thoughts. That's the voice of the devil. The voice that you hear speaking to you, acting like God, pretending to be the light. That's a voice that you do not want to pay attention to. God's voice is not going to be heard in your head. Never, ever, at any time. Because he said, my children shall know me by my voice. So he's not going to sometime come to you and talk to your head and then the rest other time give you stillness and talk to you. Because that would be confusing. There's one in your imagination. There's one in your spirit. And you want to lock up with the one of your spirit. So I encourage you to pray. It's not, it's not enough to just pray in the morning and then at night. You need to get to a point where you pray without ceasing. 
You need to pray 24 hours a day. Otherwise, you're going to miss it. To get up in the morning and pray and then right up in prayer, you lost in your head and tripping, it's not prayer. Thank you for tuning in. We need your support, folks. Donate, help donate to our cause. Thank you, everybody here. Appreciate it. For more information, to purchase a copy of this program or to make a donation, visit us on the web at bondinfo.org or call 1-800-411-2663. That's 1-800-411-BOND. Home.